that when Christ appears, we shall all be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Those who have the, this hope purify themselves as Christ is pure. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, though they die, will yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And I, I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore because I live, you too shall live. Friends, we have gathered here to praise God and give witness to our faith as we celebrate the life of Frank and all that he meant to us. So come together in grief, acknowledge our loss, but let us also celebrate the life we share. May God grant us grace that in every, even in the pain of loss, we might find comfort, sorrow, hope, and joy. I'm going to go to our opening prayer, and when I'm done, uh, I will go to Dan and Sarah, I believe, right? Uh, or, and I've done my work. Let us pray. O oh God, who gave us birth, you are ever more ready to hear than we are to pray. You know our needs before we ask, and our ignorance in asking, give to us now your grace that as we shrink before the mystery of death, we may see the light of eternity. Speak to us once more your solemn message of life and death, and help us to live as those who are prepared to die. And when our days here are accomplished, enable us to die as those who go forth to live, so that living or dying, our life may be in you, and that nothing in life or death will be able to separate us from your great love in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Just so you know, um, the way we've been doing this here in, our, in this limited worship, when we come up to speak, we've been taking our masks off to speak. And so if you're not comfortable with that, just close your nose and your mouth and turn the other way. Okay, so you don't get that. Um, but it helps us in hearing. I'm going to read Frank's obituary, and after that, then I invite Courtney to come forward for the eulogy. We're going to watch a message after that by um, uh, Frank's brother Jim, Reverend Jim. And Becky, and then after Becky, we invite anyone who wants to come forward to just come up and, and share a memory or two. Okay, um, let me go to the obituary here. Um, I love Frank's full name. Franklin Mayhew Warner was born on a farm near Adair, Iowa, on February 18, 1928. He passed away peacefully after a short illness on March 4th, 2021, in St. Paul, Minnesota. He was preceded in death by his parents, Donald and Josephine Warner of Adair, Adair his wife of 52 years, uh, Edna Anderson Warner, and his son, Tim. He is survived by his brother, Jim, and Nancy Warner of Charles, Charleston, Rhode Island. I'm going to learn how to speak here. It's going to come along. His, his daughters, Nancy and Peggy, and their husband, Steve and Bruno. Six grandchildren, three great-grandchildren. After growing up on a farm near Erdick, okay. A dare. A dare. I'm murdering this name, and I lived in the state of Iowa for like 15 years. Jeez. Uh, Frank joined the Army and served in the Philippines after World War II, then graduated from Simpson College in Indianola, where he met Edna. He lived in Indianola at Normal, Illinois, Denoy, Denoy, <laughs> I really ain't gonna be able to speak here. Des Moines and Fort Dodge. Working as a safety engineer for INA, Sentinel, and Frontier while he and Edna raised their family. They moved to Apple Valley, Minnesota in 1984. He and Edna were charter members of this place here at United Methodist Church where Frank received the Barnabas Award for his many contributions and volunteer efforts to the community. The Barnabas Award is something that we do to recognize somebody who goes above and beyond uh, care here in this congregation. He volunteered with Meals on Wheels and drove cancer patients to their chemo appointments. Frank was an avid gardener and enjoyed fixing and driving his 1959 Triumph TR3 around Apple Valley. He loved to have coffee with his buddies, enjoyed visiting with friends from his Iowa days, as well as new friends he made at Monday and Friday dinner clubs, and compassionate care companions. Uh, 
Dad did most enjoyed Dad most enjoyed doting on his grandchildren and great grandchildren, and you are here joining us now in this virtual service. At a future date, he will be interned at Bowman Cemetery near Guthrie Center, Iowa. Thank you for joining us this day. We're celebrating, and I'd like Courtney now to come forward. Oh, well, I was thinking about it. 
And that would be their plans for the rest of the night. Years later, when my parents had their first child, my grandparents drove up in two cars. My dad only had a truck and my mom would get around in a moped. And my grandpa wanted to make sure that mom could get the baby to the hospital if she needed to, in case my dad was at work. When my dad lost his job and my mom had to go back into the workforce, we were on the verge of homelessness. And my grandpa came down. Even drove to Iowa to visit my brother and the kids. 
He was looking forward to seeing Dan's house and to seeing his brother and family out in Rhode Island this summer. And I was lucky enough that my grandpa got to see my first home and with enough light set still to dub my kitchen dinky. <laughs>
I decided early on, by the way, in my life that Frank, who was born some eight years before me, somehow managed to take the, all the creative genes that were available. And so when uh, I came along, there wasn't much left. And uh, he uh, left, I think, only those genes that he did, decided he wouldn't have much use for. Frank was a very creative guy, one of the genes that I didn't get. And um, all of you who, who know Frank know how creative he was. Uh, just a few years ago, he remodeled his kitchen, which I think would be an ominous task under any condition, being young, whatever. But Frank was, I don't know, maybe in his mid-80s when he accomplished that. Brief 
started is there was a hen sitting on the nest legs up there in the crib. So I grabbed one of these eggs and threw it. And I, my throwing ability, my aim has never been good, <laughs> but as luck would have it, that particular day, I um, hit Frank right in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> now, this egg was far beyond rotten. Oh. It was just terrible. And you can imagine uh, the scene that followed. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is just really going to set Frank off. Well, he really handled that, I think, extremely well. And so I, I waited for I waited for the end, which I thought was coming in.
And I thought that he was dead uh, from the beginning of when things were really possible uh, for me to remember the kind of person to know the kind of person that the friend was. There are a few people, I think, who will come along in life who seem to be able to take things in their stride and to be helpful and to be strong, but at the same time to be in sorrow. Frank was that. Uh, he, I think he, he grieved for Ed and for him. He was always concerned when anything happened to, to anyone in his family or to anyone who was a friend or was close to friend. He can. We can be, we can remember Frank, and certainly I remember Frank, and uh, and I'm glad that I lived in the same time and space with one terrific fellow. One of the things I enjoyed most when Frank and I would get together, have the opportunity to do that, was to reminisce. That's when I feel like I first started to get to really know him. And 
months for my CEDAR. And I tried increasing that time over the years because it was just good to sit with them. It was just good to talk. He was so much fun to talk to. He had so many good stories. He will never stop having good stories in my eyes. So I'm thankful for all the time that I did get to spend with him. And him telling all kinds of random stories all the time. I mean, I remember one time watching the History Channel and they were in the Philippines on some military island and Grandpa goes, I was standing on that island. <laughs> I stood on that island once and <laughs> you know, it was just so funny and then he told us some stories about his time out there during the Korean War. But I feel like what I learned from Grandpa the most is that spending time with people that you care about, building a really good um, friend circle, and <clears throat> keeping up with people is really important. I'm glad that I took the time to get to know him. I miss him. Christmas time 
uh, was a president. I think he was around 90 years old. I'm not sure about that. The pony was too young to ride, so um, he kept it until summertime. You know, fed, took care of it and everything until summertime. And then uh, once it was old enough to ride, he asked Grandpa, his dad, okay, when are we going to start training this pony? And I guess, according to the story, Grandpa said, when are you going to start training the pony? <laughs> this is your pony. you got to do that. So he worked on that. And as he was, uh, once the pony got trained well, he would ride that pony back and forth to school. And he said it was about eight miles. Maybe he said 20 miles once. I'm not sure. But anyway. <laughs> He, he said he, he wrote it, and then there was a house right next door to the country school. I don't know if it's right next door, but it was close to the country school. He'd leave the pony there, and it would just rest and um, eat and run fields or whatever, and then he would pick it up after he went to school. And um, he, uh, let's see, excuse me if I found the rest of my notes. <laughs>
So he would be sitting working on the Duchess, and I would be sitting working on the rocking chair. I might be humming something to myself, because Van and I were performing for our church that weekend. So I would be humming a song, you need to hum louder, I can't hear you over here. <laughs> but the best was when he looked over and saw me and goes, well, if you're just gonna hang out in that garage, get your skinny fingers over here because I can't reach this. <laughs> because his hands were so strong and so big and they were so well used because he loved everyone so well with the hands. I always remember just as a 21, 22 year old person admiring how worn his hands looked, how I got to see all the work he did for other people. All the times he was tending the garden for grandma, all the times he was, he'd come in with prickers stuck in his hand and he didn't even notice it because he was just, he was gonna get done what she wanted done. Um, even better was when he found shortcuts to show people he loved them. <laughs> and my favorite shortcut was that Edna loved the shock of me. Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> it couldn't be from any other Kentucky Fried Chicken. It had to be from Shakopee. And Poppy very boldly, yep, I'm off to get it, honey. She, she'd say, well, Dan and I were there. We'd be hanging out with them before kids. You know, we'd keep the Kentucky Fried Chicken. And, okay, he was going to go get it. I know he did this with Peggy. And he did it. It was a pretty regular thing. <laughs> But what Dan and I didn't know, we found out from Poppy later, was he kept a KFC bucket in the back of the car. He knew driving a shop, he was impractical. He knew no matter how good that Kentucky Fried Chicken was, it's so wasted gas. But he would never argue with Grandma. He loved Grandma too much to turn it into anything but a positive experience. So he went to Cub Foods. <laughs> He'd have some coffee, he'd wait it out. And then when it would be time for him to come back from shopping, he'd have a nice hot bucket of Cub Foods chicken in a KFC bucket. And it would blow because her husband loved her so much to take care of her like this. So all I ever saw from Poppy was his love and admiration from his family. He loved to brag about each of his grandkids that they graduated from colleges. He loved having pictures up of everyone. No matter what the newest picture was, it didn't have to be in frame. He was gonna find a way to display it. And above all, his, his grace. The fact that if a situation arose that was frustrating, when he'd get loud for a moment, and only a moment, the moment of what's going on here, and then he'd listen and he would make sure to listen to what was going on before he said anything else. And I think that informed my life as a parent, and it was just an amazing display of his love, affection, grace, calmness, patience, and his willingness to work hard for everyone. I don't believe his silence was gonna get nothing to say, he was just so eager to hear what everyone else had to say that he was going to wait and speak when it was the right time. Thanks.
This is Grandpa's, uh, old milking stool. <laughs> I haven't really planned too much to say, but, uh, this was during one of, you know, Grandpa's projects. We were cleaning out his shed. I held this up and I said, Grandpa, if you throw this away, I think just some scrap money. He goes, no, no way, that's my old milking stool. <laughs> I'm like, Grandpa, how old were you when you made this? He's like, oh, it's probably about five or six. <laughs> so you can see, he missed the nail a few times. It's pretty crude, but I don't know. This is like one of my most prized. It sit. I mean, this literally like sits as a centerpiece in my living room, <laughs> and it just makes me think of yeah. When Grandpa needed to do something, he'd just do it with whatever he had around him. That only backfired on us once when we fixed my radiator together with JD Wells. <laughs> My car blew up the next day. <laughs> and I went to his house. I lost a car too. <laughs> lost a car to Grandpa's uh, ingenuity. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's amazing to have a bridge like that, something that's been around for 93 years, to this time when, yeah, he would take his friends skiing behind the pony <laughs> and warm himself on the the furnace radiator floor when you're coming from the snow and I don't know, he just always had some kind of weird story. I, I, I have the same experience as all the grandchildren. It's like when I was a kid he was just very quiet. I think also, also grandma was always talking. <laughs> so it made sense. But I feel so lucky yeah in this past decade to kinda of learn so much about him and uh, yeah, he was just a fun Fun dude to sit around and do nothing with. So that's <laughs> yeah, I, I also didn't didn't prepare much, but I um, a lot of people have mentioned um, his sense of humor and how funny uh, Grandpa was. And if you if you didn't know him, I, I don't know how I would possibly describe that sense of humor because it was pretty much unlike anyone else I've ever met. He didn't, he didn't really have jokes or he, he didn't, he didn't, you know, pop in with some kind of witty thing to say. It was just kind of like always around him and who he was. And even if his, his silence or little gesture, he could, he could really make everyone laugh. But I, I remember when I think about him, one of the memories is just tiny little memory at his house always always sticks out to me and we were we were all over there and it was probably a football game or something we were just sitting around in the living room um, you know eating chips and probably drinking some Diet Mountain Dew or something you know? um, and Grandpa I think he was in the in the kitchen or in the other room and um, we're all sitting there on the couch you know watching the TV and then uh, Grandpa just walks in and walks right in and stands just directly in front of the TV. We're all sitting there, stands directly in front of the TV and he starts, and I, I don't remember exactly what the motions were, but he starts doing this little, looked like this kind of <laughs> subtle little dance or something in front of the screen, and we're all just sitting there dumbfounded, like, Grandpa, what, what are you doing? And he just goes, oh, you know, just doing my stretches before bed. <laughs> and that was it, you know, that was his, his way of, you know, I don't know if that was really something he always did before that, or he just, 
or if you just thought it was funny, or I don't again, it's like his his humor was like totally unlike anyone else I know, and he he was that way just in general. He was like so much his own person, and if he wanted to do something like get up in front of the TV and just do this little dance, he would just get up and do it. Um, but that of course extended, you know, into how he showed love. It was just like. Everything he did was just so much like in him, and it just came out. Nothing ever felt forced. You never felt like he was he was saying anything that you know just to make you feel good or something. It was really like that was um, yeah, that was just that was just who he was. Um, and it, yeah, I, I'm just so grateful for that. I see in everyone here and all his family that that sense of humor and that sense of being able to have that sort of lightness and um, yeah, and, and humor about life while also, you know, on a dime, turning and, and showing that that love and that serious um, care that he had for everyone. So, So that was the end of that. But uh, 
dad was a good dad. He was a great grandfather. An excellent great grandfather. We were lucky. We were so lucky we had him for so long. That's So I'm Steve, Nancy's husband, another one of my in-laws. Um, Frank was uh, was definitely a character. Um, I remember so many uh, great times uh, with him and, and uh, our family. Uh, we took, we all went to uh, Orlando to Universal Studios uh, at some point after uh, Grandma passed. And, uh, that was a that was a great time. I remember that uh, well. I remember him trying to teach me how to drive a Triumph, which <laughs> I uh, I know I never did well enough to his satisfaction. But uh, I figured if he let Nancy drove it, drive it in high school around the town, uh, I probably could uh, uh, take care of it and manage to not crash it. And so far, I haven't. So that's good. Uh, he was somebody that had strong opinions, but yet he was still uh, really uh, much more open and flexible than I would have probably given him account for. Uh, I remember when Tim was sick um, and he went down to Florida, and the whole process was a year or more, as you've heard. Uh, Tim being sick and then coming back, but when they were still in Florida, Tim had a friend who was gay, and from, I don't know that I ever met him, uh, this is sort of a vague memory, but uh, as I recall, it, it seemed like he was a very out and proud gay man, um, probably someone that Frank had never met in Adair um, <laughs> or other places, and uh, I, I wouldn't have uh, thought that that would work out, but I, I recall how Frank talked about uh, being down there and driving around with, with uh, Tim's friend and, and because of the, their shared concern for Tim, um, I think they made a real connection that I wouldn't have uh, thought was in uh, uh, Frank's toolbox, but that, that's the kind of guy he was. Um, other memories, uh, more recent, uh, would be that he loved to come over and watch Vikings games on Sunday with us, and uh, especially the last few years, Nancy would usually drive over to Apple Valley and get him after church and bring him over so the game might have started, but we had a, a, a DVR. And I would be making lunch, and uh, as soon as Frank came in, right to the kitchen and see what they were to eat. So if I, initially I, he, he would just come in and be, we'd be like half ready. Um, and he would start in with something and I'd say, Frank, Frank, that's cheese that's for the sandwiches. And well, wait, can you wait a bit? So I learned to make some sort of decoy food. <laughs> Put it out over here, start here, Frank, and then I could finish uh, the meal. And then we watched the game, and uh, like a lot of times uh, in, in uh, 
the later years, uh, it was hard to tell at times whether he would often, you know, not off asleep, but um, it's hard to tell when he is hearing it wasn't working or when he didn't have it turned on and when he knew it wasn't on and maybe there's times that he knew it was off and didn't care and just sat there and nod and say hello and yeah, yeah, agree with you, etc. But um, yeah, he was a great, great man and, and uh, a wonderful grandfather, um, father-in-law and father, and uh, he'll be sorely missed. I'm sitting here, you know, with Nancy and Betty, and they're oh, we just want this to be really short and really amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> and I realized as I'm sitting here listening that without the larger group here, nobody feels any fear about getting up and sharing the story. Usually people get intimidated about coming up and sharing the story, but uh, it was wonderful because that's, you know, when I usually uh, meet with the family, I sit there and talk with them, I hear some stories, and try to weave it into the gospel message. And, I'm not going to tell you any stories because I think you covered a lot of them, and I got a feeling there's a lot more. Instead, you know something, I want to welcome you. Um, I want to welcome you, like uh, Frank and Edna did, into their home. This is Frank and Edna's home. You know, you you talk about uh, being charter members, and that sounds so cold and distant to me because that's not really what they were. They were two loving members of the Advent family, and this is their home. 
and they joined this home or this family in its infancy, and they joined and built this home in its infancy as well. Matter of fact, uh, uh, Frank actually built the roof of this church by hand. Uh, I'm sorry. You said he embellished stories, so I thought I'd just be genuine to embellish a story, okay? I better make it a little bit lively for the group, okay? Uh, I, I wouldn't put it past it. Go for it. Okay. He's afraid of height, but When this house was constructed, and probably even before Edna and Frank were a big, welcoming presence in this church, they were the first two you saw when you walked in the doors, and they greeted you like it was Christmas, and they invited you to come and dine like it was Thanksgiving. Doug Smith Wagner, one of the members here who would call Frank, uh, wrote a note to me, and she said, Edna and Frank were very involved in church life. She had a huge smile and infectious personality, and he complimented her perfectly with his boisterous laugh. Her life uh, celebration at Advent was the happiest and jazziest I had ever attended. She requested the jump on Jehoshaphat's to provide the music, and boy did they. Our sanctuary was packed, and, and oh, uh, when the saints come marching in was played, everyone was on their feet singing and clapping to the beat. And since then, I've always wanted my setup to be like that. I share her words with you to let you know there's a large part uh, Frank and Edna's family that could not be here today. They're with us online, but they cannot be here, and I grieve for them. Uh, they're not getting a chance to dance their way out of the sanctuary like they would like to. And I grieve for you. I grieve for you for them not being here because you're not going to get that opportunity to see one last time how many people loved your father, your grandfather, your great-grandfather. I'm not sure if any of you know this, but Tom was running the tech board back there, shared with me this week that uh, uh, his mother-in-law was really good friends with Frank and Ed and they would talk after church all the time. It was just kind of sat next to each other in church or would talk after church. It was part of the pattern. And when um, Tom's wife, Julie, when uh, her mother passed away, um, that Julie then, you know, would seek out Frank. And, and, and Frank was just that conversation was a source of comfort to her that she grieved her mother's loss or her loss of her mother. And because of COVID, Julie could not be here. So she grieves the loss of that opportunity to not be here. And even though Frank and Edna's church family cannot be here, I want you to remember one thing. When we were baptized, we were baptized into this family of God. And this family is larger than some biological connection that we might have. It weaves together all sorts of different people into one large embrace of love. So whenever you hear that scripture in my house or many rooms, I want you to think of this place and each of you, each of those who dwell here. Uh, then remember the family of God is bigger, richer, and more inclusive than we can ever hope to begin to grasp. Because it all starts with baptism. I now move now to the time in our service where we commend God, uh, Frank to God's eternal care. Let us pray. God of us all, your love never ends. When all else fails, you still are God. We pray to you for one another in our need and for all anywhere who mourn with us this day. To those of us who have doubts, give light. To those of us who are weak, give strength. 
To all of us who know sorrow, fill us with your peace. Keep true in us the love which we hold for one another, for in all our ways we trust you. We pray to receive Frank into the arms of your mercy. Receive Frank up with all your people. Receive us also and raise us into new life. Help us so to love and serve in you in this world, that we may enter into your joy in the world to come. Amen. Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant Frank. We acknowledge, acknowledge, we humbly beseech you, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive Frank into the arms of your mercy, into the blessed rest of our everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of saints of light. Amen. God of love, we thank you for all. God of love, we thank you for all with which you have blessed us even to this day. For the gift of joy in days of health and strength, for the gifts of your abiding presence and promise in days of pain and grief. We praise you for your home and friends, for our baptism and place in your church, with all who have faithfully lived and died. Above all we give you, we thank you for Jesus, who knew our griefs. So let us pray together the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I'm going to hold on one second, because as you stood up, I remember the Olsen group did not perform. So let's have the Olsen group come up. And then when the Olsen group uh, performs, then we will move to Sarah and Adeline.
was he was a very creative man. He wasn't a very musical man. He loved music, and I think that shows the fact that all of his grandchildren and great-grandchildren are so musically competent. But he would do, 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 and do this fun dance along with any song, but he particularly loved when the saints go marching in. Um, pretty much you could play the whole track to Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and that was Poppy's music. And so this is a song we actually sang for his 90th birthday celebration. And I'd like to sing that in. One bright morning when his life is over